I'm not ashamed of what I am and neither should you be ashamed of what you are. Just stay with the old time way. Your car's in the parking lot. They know you pull up to Bible Baptist Church. You might as well get in on it. At least raise your hand or nod your head. Say amen. Hey, we're going to the same heaven. God will straighten it all out. I know when we get there. But until we do, I'm gonna keep believing what I've always believed, preaching what I've always preached, standing where I've always stood, and do it all for the glory of God. Amen. 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 We used to preach on all these singers and singing groups being just nothing but a bunch of entertainment, but that's what the pulpits turned into. We got a bunch of teachers and people have heaped to themselves teachers because they have itching ears. And they don't want the truth anymore. They want somebody to get up and give a little chalk talk. Somebody to make them feel good. There's more of the charismatic movement sitting in Baptist churches than what you and I really know. I'm talking about the Joel Osteen crowd. I'm talking about the, who's the guy, Rick Warren crowd. How you want it? How do you want church? I'll tell you how I want church. Psalm 3, I'll just be five minutes. Glory. To God. Can I tell something, Brother Holcomb, on you? Is that all? I don't know a lot, but I mean, if I could tell. I was preaching uh, in uh, Pennsylvania several years ago. And the preacher that was there, he's not there now. He was helping the church for a while. And... Uh, he told me, he said, the inspirations are going to be here singing. I thought, man, I'm going to get to preach where the inspirations are singing. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, I signed my own Bible. <laughs> what? No, that's a pretty, pretty big deal. And uh, so uh, I got up to preach, and I've always, and I'm not saying this because he's here, but I, I've always enjoyed the inspirations. And, and years ago, when my grandmother was living, my grandmother loved the inspiration. I'm talking about they wasn't nobody like the inspiration. And uh, we went to the singing in the Smokies, ain't that what y'all called it or something like that? Been up there, I mean, it just, and um, I got up to preach and I thought, well, we'll find out what this crowd's like, you know. Was, the whole time I was preaching, they were standing in the back and Brother Holcomb was just, boom, he was dead on me. And I thought, man, this, this, this crowd's for real. I mean, they don't they just get up and sing and then walk out. I've seen some of them do that. And uh, so I, Brother Carter had said where I was from. And I don't know if you remember this, preacher. I've told this, I don't know how many times. But uh, he come to me, Brother Holcomb come to me and said, hey, you from Stanton, Virginia? I said, yeah. He said, uh, you ever, you know, the claim to fame in Stanton, Virginia is uh, Statler Brothers. And he said, you ever see any of them? I said, yeah, I see them. Around, you know, I'll see them out in town or wherever. And he, he said, I'm going to tell you a story. You remember this? He said, uh, I may, if I tell this wrong, you stand up and tell it. But he told me, he said, years ago when they started out, they sung together. Is that right? And uh, I guess things took off and popularity and things like that. And the Statler brothers were headed down a different avenue, different road. 
And uh, I believe it was their agent that called the Inspirations and said, uh, what we'd like for you to do is we'd like for you to go on tour and we'd like for you to be the opening act. Have I got that right? For the Statler brothers. They said, well, let us pray about it. And they prayed about it and called them back and said, you know, said all we, all we do is gospel music. Christian, we're Christian people. We're, we just do gospel music and we just don't think we want to go down that road and that lifestyle, so we're going to kindly decline. Brother Holcomb told me this. I don't know if he said from that point on, our lives. Totally separate ways. Delilah. Delilah. See, it always ain't what you, Delilah don't, I mean, she don't always show up with the same name, same clothes, no. Brother Holcomb told me, said that uh, occasionally when they were preaching and they were singing in the area, that he'd look out and sitting there in the crowd be some of the Statler brothers out there listening. Not that they wasn't friends or anything like that or enemies at this point, but what struck me is a decision was made one day. You know what you're going to do for the rest of your life? Every day you're going to make decisions. Every day you're going to make decisions. And if there's going to be some that walk away, sometimes them decisions are going to cost you money. They're going to cost you popularity. They're going to cost you a lot of things. Just do what's right. And it may not feel good to do what's right at the moment, but it will be good when it's said and done. It'll be good when it's said and done. Hope you don't mind me telling that. I've told that all over the place. I hope you don't mind because I just told it again. Hey, mom and dad. It ain't got no easier as them kids have gotten older, has it? You know, you first get married and you don't have a whole lot of problems. I mean, you do, but you, family, you know, they're all fired up that you're married and happy. But it's when them babies come along. Decisions have to be made. And all of a sudden, they were so proud of you, you know, serving God and going to church and doing your little thing and religiously, and now all of a sudden you're a Pharisee and a legalist. And now all of a sudden you think you're better than everybody else in the family that you grew up around. No, I'm just having to make some decisions. Y'all ever heard the statement, well, look at you. You turned out okay. There's no spirituality in that statement at all. I got three little things I want to say to you tonight out of Psalm 3. We may not be here but just a few minutes because Brother Barnes told me coming in the door right now, if he doesn't do this, if he preaches an hour, he's a liar. I'm just telling you up front. He told me in the parking lot, I said, take all the time you want. I'm 20, 25 minutes tonight. We're, I'm done. 
So if he gets up here and rips, romps, and stomps for an hour, don't blame it on me. But I wrote, I, wrote down, I wrote down these three little things the other day and just mentioned them, mentioned them to my church and never thought that I'd come to Jubilee and the Lord would want me to just mention them here. Preachers, you know what I'm talking about. You're looking for that home run message. And I think the Lord just wants me to mention these three simple things to you out of Psalm 3. Look with me, if you will. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awake for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people, Selah. They tell me that the word Selah means to stop and think about. And so I guess if I had any kind of a title here, I'd preach just for a minute tonight on a few things to stop and think about. A few things to stop and think about. You see, <coughs> we understand that this is a psalm of David and it's a psalm that was written, written when he fled from Absalom, his own son, can I say tonight as we look into this psalm just real quickly, the first thing I would mention to you, the first thing I would say to us that we need to stop and think about is that you can expect trouble in this life. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? He didn't ask a question, he's making a statement. Many are they that rise up against me. You can expect trouble. You see, we have <coughs> been conditioned now in this, um, this religious world that surrounds us. I mentioned it just a minute ago, this feel-good preaching, this feel-good atmosphere. And they have conditioned our minds and it has bled over into our churches to believe that if you serve God, if you surrender to God, if you're in the will of God, that your life is somehow going to be free from trouble. That's just not Bible. Because the Bible tells me that a man that's born of a woman is few days and full of trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care if you're saved or lost. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how many times you've been by. I don't care how spiritual you are. You're going to have trouble in your life. Something to stop and think about is the reality of you can expect trouble. It's coming. It's going to knock on your door. Nobody wants it, but the reality is we're all going to have it. There's financial trouble. Physical trouble, you can expect emotional trouble, but then there's people trouble. 
David said, how are they increased that trouble? He's not talking about finances or physical situations or emotion. He said, many are they that rise up against me. He's talking about people trouble. And man, there's all kind of trouble, but when you have people trouble, you ever had any people trouble? Trouble out of people you didn't want to have trouble with? I mean, trouble out of people that you didn't ask. You didn't ask for that trouble. You didn't incite any trouble, but just because there is trouble out of people. And people will come after you. And people will say things about you that are untrue. Say things that are hurtful and say things that if you're not careful will cause you to retaliate. People trouble. David didn't name them all, but he just he did not also he did not just say Absalom. He said many. It's one thing to have one enemy, but it's a different ball game to have many. But if you're going to live for God, ladies and gentlemen, in this hour, we're not only going to have just one enemy. We're going to have many enemies. There's going to be much trouble. We're living in a day where I believe, as the preacher said this morning, we're going to start seeing the reality of what people really have in the Lord because trouble's coming. It's here. It's knocking on the door. And we're going to watch some tear out of the building. They're going to tear away because they're not going to be able to take the trouble. You can expect trouble. Selah. The second thing I want you to notice is not only expect trouble, but the, thing, the second thing you, we ought to stop and think about is this. Don't believe everything you hear. Read the very next verse. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. What kind of statement is that? We're talking about David, the, uh, the, the one who slew the lion and the bear with his bare hands. We're talking about David, the mighty warrior who uh, defeated Goliath with a sling and a stone. We're talking about David who was sent out. And when he come in, they said, Saul is slain his thousands, but David is ten. We're not talking about some fly by night, some greenhorn. We're talking about David. And somebody has said, many, not just one, but many are pointing their finger and saying, there's no help for him. Matter of fact, it's so far gone. There's so many people against him. There's so much trouble coming against him. There's no help for him in God. Uh, Don't believe everything you hear. Because can I report to you, as long as God's on the throne, there's always help. As long as he's in control, there's always help. But somebody is trying to convince him he has heard through the grapevine, so to speak, that God can't even get you out of this situation. Can I say, first of all, people will say things that you can't always believe. Stop listening to everybody else. Secondly, Satan will say things to you that you cannot believe. Oh, he's pretty convincing. And people can be convincing. But the Bible, I'm reminded that the Bible says about Satan, he's not the father of truth. He is the father father of lies. You can't believe him, but I want you to know this. 
Your mind will say things to you that you can't always believe. If there's anything you've got to keep in check, it's not necessarily people and it's not necessarily Satan. It's your mind. Your mind will run a thousand miles an hour and some little old thing will pop up in your life and if you're not careful and you start listening to the voices around you and the voices within you, listen, all of a sudden you'll think there's no help for you not even in God. So I would say to you, first of all, stop and, ex- and think about, that. you need to stop and think about, you need to expect trouble. And if you're expecting trouble, it won't blow you out when it comes. I've never seen a time where more people, something, something comes up in their life and instead of running to God, they run from God. Instead of running to the house of God, they run from the house of God. Instead of running to the truth of his word, they run from the truth of his word. But if you're expecting trouble to come, you can look trouble right in the eye, shake its hand and say, welcome, I've been expecting you. It don't take you by surprise. I didn't say you wanted it, but you might as well expect it. I mean, it's like your mother-in-law. They're going to show up from time to time. (laughs) And you don't have to get bent out of shape when she gets there as long as you're expecting her to come. You can be prepared. Don't believe everything you hear. Just because somebody else is going to live in a ditch don't mean you got to get down there with them. Just somebody else, just because somebody else, they ain't got nothing good to say. They can't testify about any of the goodness of God in their life. They're going to live in the mully grubs and they're going to live on, you know, they're going to live in the ditch of life. And they, I mean, You don't have to live there with them. Don't believe everything you hear. Number three, I'm done. Faith in the Lord always prevails. David said, but thou, O Lord, Art a shield for me, my glory, the lifter up of mine head. I heard a preacher preach one time on keep your chin up. And I don't know how many times, and sometimes to my own disgrace, I've dropped my head out of discouragement or despair. Maybe I've listened to me, I've listened to the world around me. But I can't tell you how many times I felt him reach down and just kind of get me by the chin and say, you're looking in the wrong direction. Keep your chin up. He's the lifter up of my... I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. I'm going to tell you something. It's one thing to pray to God, but it's another thing to be heard of God. Man, I could spend, I could spend 30 minutes talking to us about how that we don't deserve to be heard, but thank God he's listening. Now, I could understand him listening to some of y'all. I could understand him wanting to hear from some of y'all, but me? Mm -mm. I laid me down and slept. I wait for the Lord to sustain me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me round about. Man, it sounds like things are picking up. did Did you get that? I mean, we start out and David, man, he's in a bad spot. He's talking about all of them that's increased and all these many people and then many there be which say, and he said, oh Lord, he said, they're saying there's no help even in you. And he said, but as David goes to pray, as he goes to crying out, now all of a sudden he said, I don't care if 10,000s. It, it don't make any matter to me. He said, I'll not be afraid. 
He said, Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Faith in the Lord always prevails. Here's what you can do. When trouble comes, you can believe all the voices around you that say you'll never make it, you're never going to last, you, there's just no way, there's no, I mean, I know before, but this time, it's, this is the end. And you can fold your tent, and you can go home, and you can give up on God. Or, you can cry unto the Lord, like you've done in days gone by. And you can watch God Defeat all your enemies in your life. I don't find where David lifted a hand, where he lifted a finger, but he said, arise, O Lord, save me. He said, salvation belongeth unto the Lord. I wonder, I was saved 26 years ago, but in in these last 26 years, I can't tell you of the many times he has saved me. Sometimes from myself, sometimes from Satan, sometimes from the world, sometimes from people, from the enemy. I know, I know. You say, man, can you get saved more than once? Oh, yes. I don't know how many times I've been saved. Some of y'all are sweating, boy. You're like, I see y'all looking at Brother Gravely. He saved my soul one time. But I don't know how many times he has saved my life. Saved my testimony. Saved my family. Over and over and over and over again. David said, thou art a shield for me. Do you know what you could do right there? You could just, man, you could shut your Bible. We'd go to the house tonight, sit on the front porch and, and sip sweet tea and just say, hey, if he's a shield for me, what do I have to fear? I mean, a shield is there to defend from what the enemy throws at you. To absorb the punishment. To absorb those fiery darts of the wicked. He said, thou art a shield for me. So if we can hide behind him, What do we have to fear? Stop and think. You can expect trouble. But when trouble comes, don't believe everything you hear. Just understand that faith in the Lord has always and it will always prevail. I'm done. Thank you, preacher.